Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you may be watching or listening. This is the Makeshift Managers podcast, episode number eight, kind of. It's episode eight of a of live time. Yes. Um, now, now I can only think about is Tony Romo going lime time, lime time. And redacted. We hey, don't own yeah, any redacted. rights to that. No, My no, bad. No, no, free, no free plugs. Sorry. Uh, indiscriminate beer brand. Um, disclaimer, Devin plays week 18 fantasy football playoffs. Disclaimer. So it's fine. You know. It's not fine. It's cool. I got I got to the podium in five out of my six leagues. It, I, I I took I took the dudes as far as I could. That, that's how I'm going to put it down there. I I assembled my teams. I said, "You guys are doing great. Keep it up." And they said, "Man, I don't like this extra week." And I was like, "To be fair, you've never done this before, so it's not." To be fair, problem. Mike McCarthy loves Week 18. Mike McCarthy's a dirty liar, and if he's out there, you're on the list. I, maybe it's like call him McChickens or something, but. That shit was personal. All the reporting I saw, ESPN, if you're listening to this, uh, the ESPN Fantasy app hoed me, like, astronomically. Everyone's like, yeah, Dak's going to play, like, a, a series or two, maybe a quarter. And it's like, well, if that's happening, I can't start him in a championship matchup. And, yeah, it takes freezing cold takes, uh, picks that it didn't age well. It's, you know, these things happen. My man throws for three, 300 yards and five touchdowns in three retroactive, quarters. Retroactively speaking, start your studs, my friends. I got cute. I got cute knowledgeably, but I still got burned. So just start your studs, even if they're on a pitch count, because pitch counts don't exist, especially in Texas. Everything's bigger, I guess. <sighs> but Speaking of starting your studs, do we have a stud deal for you? Oh, there we boom. go. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Starting your studs, it's the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, it is. Um, as you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, if you haven't been here, let me tell you about a killer deal. Uh, Manscaped has partnered with us, the makeshift managers, to bring to you their uh, Lawnmower 4.0. It's their uh, state of the art latest trimmer uh, from Manscaped. That uh, it's a sleek, well designed, and optimized trimmer that makes uh, shaving time in the bathroom your favorite time in the bathroom. And out of my use of using the lawnmower 4.0, that statement could not ring any truer. Um, it's it, it. We are some of the first people to actually use the lawnmower 4.0. They sent us the performance package that came with the lawnmower 4.0, the crop preserver, um, which is their ball deodorant, as well as the uh, what's 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 the ball, ball toner? toner. Yeah, I forget the name of it, which is the annoying part. <laughs> Initially, yeah, the crop preserver, then your ball toner, the weed whacker, which is a very like nice uh, nose trimmer, which if you're like me, you get nose hairs, you got to keep them down or else you're going to look unsightly in public. But um, yeah, the lawnmower 4.0, they've, they've engineered it to be the ultimate groin and body trimmer uh, by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Uh, the fourth generation trimmer actually features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And personally, Austin, I now feel confident shaving my boys. And you know about Dem Boys. Not my boys, but Dem Boys. <laughs> yeah, I uh, coming from someone who has um, some pretty sensitive skin, don't blame me. It's not my fault. Um, it, the Lawnmower 4.0 is pretty great. It has an LED light. And I don't know about you. And I'm talking about you. 
I like to see what I'm doing. Seeing <laughs> when is I'm, believing. When I'm, seeing is believing, and after res, after the results, you'll see it and you'll believe it. So why don't you go ahead and use the code TMSM at manscaped.com for 20% off words. There it is. And free shipping worldwide, worldwide. at manscaped.com. So internationally, nationally, Niner fans, gotcha. Raider fans, Charger fans, all, all y'all. All y'all can get it. If you listen to Pitbull, they got you covered, Mr. Worldwide. Lawnmower 4.0, it's compatible. Um, before we're done talking about it, just want to let you guys know it's got customizability. You got four different lengths of uh, trimming heads for the trimmer itself. So if you like a little bit of, if you like a little bit more length on your stuff, go for it. You can choose from one to four and you can just do yourself up the way you want to. And uh, did I mention it charges wirelessly? Um, my phone does it. People's earphones do it. It's the way of the future. It's simple, it's fast, and it's done. And with the power of their wireless charging base, and they also ship out a nice little brick and cord for you, you plug that brick into the wall, put the cord straight into your charging base, and you just set that thing down, and you forget about it. And if there's one thing I love doing, Austin, it's forgetting about things. Because whenever you forget, you can be surprised. And with the Manscaped uh, Lawnmower 4.0, at least in terms of my men's grooming, I don't think I'm in for any surprises in the near future. But as we said... Use code TMSM at checkout at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Boom. Speaking of worldwide, Austin, this is a crazy weekend and there's going to be ramifications throughout the world. Like the gambling yeah, well, the football is forever just changed. It's, it we'll was a get wild a boring weekend. Saturday of football. Um, the Chiefs beat the Broncos. It was kind of boring. Melvin uh, on Melvin crime. Melvin Ingram killed Melvin Gordon. <laughs> The Broncos were in the game up until that point until Melvin Ingram said, I'll see you later. I'm going to go score six. Um, Drew Locke looked like Sam Darnold from weeks one through three. Yeah, I mean, 12 for 24, <laughs> 162, um, four rushes for 35 yards, and two, count them, two touchdowns, two legs, two touchdowns. Drew Locke's got it all. Um, I think he caught the defense a little bit off guard. He didn't play terrible. He didn't play like he played uh, to set the bar very low. He played better than Drew Locke. So the thing is, Drew Locke this season operated upon the law of twos. I'm pretty sure he started two games. I'm pretty sure he scored two touchdowns. And uh, if I'm correct, yeah, just the, just the law he's of got two. two arms. He's got two, two arms, legs. two legs, two eyes. You know, it's it's Drew Locke. He's the two man. And he's number go. two on the depth chart for a reason. Um, the Broncos fired Fig Fangio. Um, na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. You know the rest. He's out of town. Sucks for him. We own the rights of that Sucks for him. Yeah, we don't own the rights. So that's why I didn't finish. But Vic Fangio hasn't finished the season over the last three years. He's been a head coach. So bye-bye. See you never. Um, he was on the list of guys that I wanted to see gone. Actually, as a Chargers fan, I would have been totally happy for, for Vic to run it back. I feel a little bit bad. He hasn't had any consistent quarterback play to this point in his coaching career, at least in Denver, unless you count. Who did he have? He had Teddy. He had Drew. Who was after Peyton? It was the Brock Osweiler show, right? But I don't think Vic Fangio was there for Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Teddy, Drew, who's before that? 
I can't, I can't tell you. That's how forgettable the quarterbacks have been. Oh, uh, I think Trevor Simeon was there for a second there. I think oh, they had a right. – Let me see. Broncos quarterbacks 2018. I think he took I mean, over in 2018. The thing about Bangio – too is is that a lot of people were saying he you know is just this old school guy who was never going to adjust to the new times and yeah he had bad quarterback play like consistently but I mean it kind of showed like they still played well without Von Miller at times but they could never re- Pat Sertan is a really I good draft pick dud I just Rather don't think should've. it was the right draft pick for them I still think they should have gone quarterback at that spot albeit I, I would love to have Pat Sertan as a cowboy right now yeah. But Pat, I mean, Pastor Tan's going to work out really well for them. He's probably going to be a top corner for a really long time. But it didn't really fix problems they were having. It kind of just added to already a good defense. And that wasn't yeah. – I, I know that's not on Vangio for the most part, but still. I just think the problem with the Broncos, they really weren't healthy at all this year. They came into the years of dark horse for a lot of people and thinking that Teddy Bridgewater could do enough in the margins to not lose them games and that defense could keep them in the games. And then they'd make it up with the legs, I guess of like their running backs, receivers and their kicker, which it worked out to start the year whenever they were playing terrible opponents. And so it's just too little too late for Vic Fangio. He hasn't done anything over the last two years. And this year was just the nail in the coffin. You can't, especially with the free agent class and uh, move possible movement of quarterbacks in the off season, that the Broncos are probably projecting and banking on going into the offseason. You can't have Vic Fangio at quarterback. It's just not going to work out if you want to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to commit to playing for this team. They're probably going to want to have a say in who's going to be that coach, which I guess kind of works if Vic Fangio is still there because they can just let him go and bring in their guy. But I don't know. They're in no man's land until they can find a reputable starter or someone they can actually put their faith behind. If I'm the Broncos, I'd go after Tua if that would make any sense. I don't know what they would move for him, but Miami doesn't seem to want to keep him around, and Denver has assets. Like, I I think I think Tua could do fine in Denver with the uh, tools that they have. Yeah, it's not the worst in the world. Plus, if we believe that Melvin Gordon's going to go somewhere, you got Javante as the number one guy who deserves to see as much volume as possible. The dude That's is great at breaking tackles and yards after contact. So, after this year, I don't think we're going to see many um, just bell cow scenarios moving forward. It's just not because the thing is the the NFL's running back contract I think died this year. I don't think you're going to see a Derrick Henry, a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type deal for running backs ever again. Well, like, the thing is, too, somebody posted. Um, about fantasy football and like t- the RB one for the PPR season, and there hasn't been a repeat since '02. And I don't yeah. mean that as like like a bad thing, but it just goes to show that like once somebody gets the amount of volume that produces in the NFL and in fantasy, you start to trend downwards. You're not going to trend back to that same spot once you hit the top of the mountain. That's it. There's only the only way to go is down. No no guy stays at the top of the mountain. Look at Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles was a monster. And then that dude just got derailed by injuries. But if if we're looking at it objectively, the Cardinals last year, Kenyon Drake left in free agency because he wanted to earn more money. 
They signed James Conner on a one-year deal worth maybe a little over a million dollars. James Conner scored 16 touchdowns on the ground this That's year. That's a lot. Exactly. And at running for back, 752 yards. At running back, realistically, it shouldn't matter most of the time who you have back there, more so what you have in front of them. If your line can block, or any competent NFL back should be able to hit the holes. Yep. And so it's just... Except for Trent Richardson. Yeah, and, and that's just the way that I think teams are going to view it now is they're just going to look at what's available and they will, instead of paying this top-end talent, because yes, Jonathan Taylor is worth really good money. Alvin Kamara is worth really good money. But in terms of value to a football team, it is not going to... It's just not going to work the same way moving forward. And so no. I think running back is going to be very volatile. It's going to be very... I, I just don't see I don't see bell cows. I don't see big contracts. And I see a lot of movement because teams aren't going to be willing to pay them. And if you're not going to pay me, I'm going to go somewhere else and try and get that money. I.e. a lady on Dell. Yeah. Uh, we'll wait until the Chiefs either win the Super Bowl or eliminated to talk about what's next for them. For the Broncos, uh, it's quarterback and head coach. And after yep. that, we'll we'll see what they what they can do. They have a solid defense. They have a solid running back. Their line is not the worst thing you've ever seen, but they need decent quarterback play and they need a new era type head coach. And I think we'll get to it pretty soon, but I think we're going to name Brian Flores a lot for these open spots because he can really kind of go fill any of these spots right now. Well, you know, it wasn't, jo- wasn't Josh McDaniels last coaching job out in Denver. No, I, no, it was the, he got hired by the Colts, but he quit before he ever signed. Quit in like 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah, he was like, fuck that, not doing it. I think his last time as a NFL head coach was out in Denver. Back with those uh, Kyle Orton teams in like the oh, early God. 2010s. I don't even remember Josh McDaniels being a head coach. Has it really been that long? So his head, head coach, coach of the Denver Broncos, 2009 through 2010. And that's it. It's the only time he's ever been a head coach. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, no, right. the Broncos. Yeah, they 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 need a coach, and the Chiefs. Not much to say about them. Um, their defense did what they had to do. Mahomes didn't turn the ball over. He was the team's leading rusher, so you know Josh Allen light. It looks like I'm kidding. It's just funny to see it happen. Um, Mikael Hardman had the game of his life. Not the game. I mean, of his when, life, when Tyree Kill has sport. what has a One catch for two yards, yards. somebody's got to step up. Yep. But Miko, whether it be Tyree kill number two, Tyree kill number three, Tyree kill number four. If Tyreek and the Hills are able to produce, the Chiefs are a very hard team to beat. And yep. they gutted this one out and they should be very happy they did because I'd much rather face the Steelers than the Pats. All right. Speaking of teams that need a head coach change, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. Um, look, I'm not going to really dwell on this for too long. We beat the Eagles 51 to 26. Our first team dominated the second and third team of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, like most most of the Eagles starters didn't play a snap. I think Jason Kelsey played one snap just so he can keep his starter streak. And that's about it. The, the Eagles were going to be locked in as, as a seventh seed no matter what, win or lose. Because if the Saints got in, then they would move above the Saints, I believe. Um, but the Eagles were playing the Bucks, no matter what, whether the Bucks were three or the Bucks were two. Um, there was no reason for 
the Eagles to play this game at all. It didn't really mean anything. Um, Dallas sweeps the division, whatever, completely expected. Woo. Yeah. Um, there was no reason for Dak Prescott to play three quarters. Um, it Pretty much, I believe it was to get him his passing touchdowns to jump over Romo for most in Cowboys history um, to get that 4,000 yard peak. Like now we're the first team with a passer with 4,000 yards, a thousand yard rusher, a thousand yard receiver, somebody with 10 plus sacks and somebody with 10 plus interceptions. First team in history. What do you freaking do? Um, it's going to translate to us getting our fucking heads kicked in round one. If we don't stop fucking around. Um, I don't get why you guys didn't rest them sooner. I'd much rather be fresh going into a matchup against a team like the Niners than fuck well, around. Well, to, to be fair, to, to be fair, we weren't. It was very expected of us to play the Cardinals, but still, we needed to be rested regardless. Um, yeah, there was no reason for these for the Cowboys starters to play three quarters. Maybe two. Maybe you could argue two because for some reason our defense looked real suspect against the two team of the Eagles. Like we were Kenny Gangwell was running all over us and, you know, we'll get to the playoffs later on in the show, but you know, if that's going to translate into the Niners and Eli Mitchell, we're going to get our fucking heads kicked in. Like it, it wasn't a good look. I, I didn't like it a lot. Like, cool. We beat Gardner Minshew. So has everybody else. That finally got the Eagles fans to shut the fuck up about him though. Yeah. Gardner Minshew wins one game. He's the new Brett Favre. Holy shit. Like, oh, God. <laughs> good good on Nick Sirianni for getting this team to the playoffs. The, the NFC East is by far my least favorite division in football. It is a dumpster fire of dumpster fire proportions. But the Eagles had a winning record. They're 9-8 and eight on the year. Um, sucks that, you know, in the AFC, you go 9-8, and eight, you miss the playoffs. Ho-hum, boo-hoo. But, no, the Eagles actually did a very good job. After how after how last year panned out, seeing the Eagles turn it around like this is actually very impressive, especially yeah. coming into the year where I thought the NFC East was going to have one team coming into the playoffs and they didn't have a shot at two of them. Jalen Hurts and company have figured it out, and not only did they figure it out, thanks to the Colts, they're better off than they would have been if they kept Carson Wentz, for sure. Like Hey, hey the now. Eagles at 9-8 and eight have kind of exceeded their expectations. Nobody was really projected besides the Washington football team. But once they lost Fitzpatrick, that day was over. And once their defense was abysmal, that was over. You know, after like week three, everyone was projected to finish under 500, except for the Cowboys. And Mm -hmm. the Eagles have far exceeded expectations. Props to them. They got into the playoffs when the competition was not as great. Like the NFC was a lot closer this year and you can get in at a nine and eight record, um, which Surprised me a little bit, but that's the way the NFC panned out this year. A lot of teams got their asses kicked. Um, So I think anything for them at this point is is a wash. Um, If they get knocked out by the Bucks next week, it 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 would be expected. But I I get it. Every team wants to win the Super Bowl. You're never going to be like, oh, you know, let's just get knocked out by the Bucks so our season's over. Like you know, we've had a good season. Like no, you're going to go in. You go to the playoffs so you can win the fucking Super Bowl. That's the point. That's why everybody goes. They're going to play their hearts out. And they, you know, Tampa Bay's depleted. They can beat Tampa Bay. Anybody can beat Tampa Bay. You know, Washington did. It's any any given Sunday. So it'll be very interesting to see um, what the Eagles do because they, they are the best rushing offense in the league. And they're going to go against one of the best run defenses in the league because that front seven 
Like, yes, the secondary has been beat up by uh, injuries for the Bucks, but that front seven, you know, Vita Beta, all those guys, they're tough. They're tough dudes, and the Eagles have a really good offensive line. It, it's shaping out to be a really good game. I'm just my, – my thing with this uh, Eagles-Bucks playoff matchup, if Taylor Heineke gave them hell last year, I think Jalen Hurts is set to shock the world this year. Yeah. Because Jalen Hurts is a better player than Taylor Heineke probably ever will be. Uh, he's a better runner, stronger arm in my opinion, probably more accurate at this point, and he's just a better playmaker. Yep. But if Heineke was able to kind of get around the, get around the edge and kind of wreak havoc against that Tampa Bay defense – look out for Jalen Hurts because he is dynamic. He is the closest thing we've seen to Lamar Jackson since Lamar Jackson. Uh, Washington football team beat the Giants 22-7. Sucked. Yeah, there was everything about this game. The Giants ran a quarterback sneak on their own four on third and nine. That's all you really need to know about this game. Jake Fromm averaged 10 yards a carry. That's kind of impressive. But, yeah, the right. uh, starting receivers were Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay. And congrats to all of our listeners for joining us in the illustrious club of I scored as many touchdowns as Kenny Galladay for a full season of football. We are not making as much money, but we did the same thing. So in that shared trauma, we can all relate. But, um, yeah. Trophies Terry, will be McLaurin, out next week. Terry McLaurin's a monster, four for 93. Heineke only threw for 120 yards. So Terry is legit. The heartbeat of this poor passing attack. <laughs> Antonio Gibson had the best send-off to his season from hell that you could have asked for. 146 yards on four, on 21 carries and a touchdown. Again, Gibson will be evaluated over fantasy over uh the offseason in fantasy circles. And he'll probably go in the second round again. And people are gonna be pissed off whenever fucking uh what's his name? JD McKissick. Whenever JD McKissick gets all the passing work, it's it's mm-hmm. clockwork. Life, life is a circle. We just keep revolving <laughs> at the same times. Yeah. Um, out of this, David Gettleman retired. Retired. Um, Joe Michael. Judge, as of this moment, still has a job. I think the Giants can't move forward as a franchise until Joe Judge is gone. I've heard way too many stories about him losing the locker room. And when you and this team, um. This team looked like they gave up, and I, I can't really blame them. They had no wide receivers. They haven't played Daniel Jones in five to six weeks. They have to throw out Mike Glenn and Jake Fromm. I, when you're demoralized like that, you know, I don't blame you in the slightest for kind of looking like you've given up. You've, you're one of the worst franchises ran at the current moment. You have really nothing going for you except maybe the fact that Saquon Barkley got 11 carries and hopefully is healthy next season. That's it. I was, as you're going to learn on the show, uh, a lot of guys got fired over the last like 12 hours. Yep. I have a new uh, hit list in terms of my uh, NFL coaches that deserve to be fired. And no, Brandon Staley is not on that list. Um, Joe Judge, welcome to the club, buddy. You're at the top of the list. Joe Joe Judge is now in the penultimate spot of my uh, coaches that need to be canned list. So you told me the NFC East holds spots one and two? Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve to be fired. I just think if Kellen Moore leaves, his job left with Kellen Moore. Matt Rule's number two, isn't he? Yeah, 
hundred percent. I just don't know what Mike <laughs> McCarthy does for your team besides sit there with his beard and like chew. Just Pete Carroll hasn't been fired yet, has he? No. Mm, Pete Carroll's number one. Ju- no, Judge one, Carroll two, Matt Rule three. We'll revisit this because it's close. <laughs> it's all one A, one B, one C type shit, anyways. <laughs> exactly. <They> all, stuck. <laughs> all the above. Yeah. D. Just get rid of them all. Speaking of getting rid um, of them all, um, Browns there's no segue for this. Yeah. Bengals the didn't Browns, throw out a single starter. The, 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 the Browns refused to let uh, Baker Mayfield play, so Case Keenum got a win. Love that. Um, so, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, the backup for the Bengals, was touted as a waiver wire ad for week 18. He received, uh, I think, I believe, like 10 total snaps, all on special teams, not one at running back. He accounted for zero fantasy points. Did I add him? No. That was the one break I caught this week, besides like a, a femur or like a, uh, a hairline fracture. But yeah. Um. Congrats to the Bengals for winning their division. Congrats to the Bengals for being the four seed in the AFC. Um, the playoffs are going to be – oh, the three seed. Wow, congrats to them. No. They're the four seed. Buffalo's the three. You're right. My bad. I'm Redacted. dumb. Sorry about it. Redacted. Um, But, yeah, the Browns, they need to figure it out. They need a quarterback. They need to give Nick Chubb the ball. Um, Dirt Dearness Johnson had 25 carries for 123 yards in the score. Nick Chubb has a broken Nick rib. Chubb got 25 carries. I don't think Nick, Nick Chubb got 25 carries this year. He's nursing a broken rib this week, so it's defensible that he only got nine carries. But he's still. nursing playing for the Browns. So is everybody. Jarvis Landry probably leaves in the offseason. Uh, they're not going to get Jadavian Clowney back. Wait, no, Jarvis Landry can't leave. He's the best quarterback they got. I know. I know. And the Browns have outwardly said they're going to move forward with Baker Mayfield as quarterback. So at least you have the Guardians, Cleveland, and the Cavs now, are looking good. Now, now, wait. Now, wait. When they say moving forward with Baker Mayfield, they just mean like standing put, right? Because no franchise is moving forward with Baker Mayfield. What did they go this season? They went okay. eight and nine. They okay, will be okay. eight and nine next season. Again. So before we get a little too trigger happy and Cleveland. Baker Mayfield has sucked this year, point blank. Cleveland Browns record by season. We need to remember how bad it was before Baker showed up because he was drafted in 2018. So 2017, 2018, they went 0-16. 2018, 2019, they went 7-8-1. and and The year before in 2016 and 17, the Browns went 1-15. and Um and then we look at 2015-2016. They also went 3-13. and 13. So over a three-year stretch, the Browns won four games. Since Baker has been the quarterback, and he wasn't even the quarterback for the entirety of that 2018-2019 season. So let's see. So pulling it up, Browns-Lions. Baker Mayfield is starting this year. Okay. So since he has been on the team, they went 7-8. and eight, So that's seven wins. So... Seven wins, and they got six wins, and you add another 11 last year. Yeah, it's a downgrade this year, but compared to where they were at before Baker came to town, he, he you can't just boot the guy. You, you, I'm you, sure you, you can't watch to, me. 
you have to see it through until something else pre- like presents itself. Like, well, yeah, Aaron... that's that's the problem. There's not another. There's not a solution. Yeah, there's nowhere Baker, to go. Baker's all they have, and until that's any different, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna stay on the Browns. And honestly, yeah. he's earned his money to a certain extent. He has helped this team improve every year besides this year. So maybe it's a minor setback for the comeback. Who knows? It's just, I uh, I don't know. I've been really hard on Baker. He was not good this year by any stretch of the imagination, but no. he just, he, he had, a, maybe he just had a down year. But the thing is, if this continues into the next year, then there's a big problem. No. Because now it's no longer just him having a slump. It's him just not being good enough. All right, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. See, Steelers make me yawn. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Ravens in a must-win game, sixteen to thirteen in overtime. Um, kind of not a great game from two kind of lackluster teams. Come at me all you want about the Steelers playoff team or not, they're a lackluster team. They went nine seven and one, and they went in the playoffs. You know, it, it's kind of funny. People are saying, are you laughing about the Detroit tie now? I'm like, yeah, because if you won that game, this wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have been sweating Sunday night football. You would have been in at 10 and seven. Um, it, it, cool. Ben won his last game against a team he's been successful against for a really long time. Um, but Ben's final game is going to be him getting his head kicked in at Arrowhead Stadium. It, I, it, <laughs> This is a cool – he had a cool send-off in Pittsburgh, um, the way they beat the Browns. Um, this is a decent send-off to end his final regular season game. Um, but the memory needs to stop right there because next week is not – they didn't play well in Kansas City the last time, and I don't foresee anything changing again. So I – there are three certainties in the AFC North death taxes and Mike Tomlin um as much as I hate the Steelers I will give Mike Tomlin his flowers there were points in this year where I was like there's no way they make it above 500 and they definitively were above 500 this year there's no ifs ands or buts about it Mike Tomlin got the job done I do not like Ben Roethlisberger um Najee Harris had a crazy amount of usage this year and was arguably one of the best rookies out in football um they got it done as frustrating as to say that um, this game against the Ravens is more so just the, uh, the final scene in old Geller for this Ravens unit. Um, Pittsburgh took them behind the woodshed and put the bullet between their eyes. This Ravens yeah. team has been hanging on since week 10 and what, Lamar hasn't in a row. Lamar hadn't practiced in like, he, he hadn't played in like eight weeks. Damn. Yeah. Lamar has been out for a majority of the year. The fact that they are, Eight and nine, whenever it's all said and done, is a testament to John Harbaugh. But this was the season from hell for the Ravens, and the fact that they lost by three to their biggest rival is just salt in the wounds. <laughs> is it a testament to John Harbaugh because he went eight and nine with so many injuries, or is it a testament to John Harbaugh because he went for two twice and lost? Yeah, this team could have been freaking ten and seven, ten and six. Or not 10 if and those seven. two pointers get made, they're a playoff team. Yeah, they're, well, that's 10 and 17. If we're, if we're basing uh, teams and their success upon things that could have happened, the Chargers go, f- what? Oh, yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. 
Um, Here, here's your flowers, buddy. It's hey, a- man, the man pulled out insane tricks. Um, Tom Kennedy had a pass for 75 yards and a touchdown. So I'm pretty sure Tom Kennedy had the longest passing touchdown of the day. That's I, cool. I'd like to believe so, yeah. Uh, this game, Jordan Love threw a touchdown, which, you know, uh, in the eyes of Packers fans everywhere is probably a plus. Um, but then he threw well, two picks. <laughs> it's it's week 18. It's the first time this has ever happened. The Packers aren't playing for anything besides keeping their yeah. dudes fresh because they're going to be going into a uh, a two-week absence. Or, yeah, it would have been a two-week absence if they didn't let any of their starters run this week. You don't run them the entire game. It would be stupid and just negligent of Matt LaFleur to do that. You risk injury. You risk ruining the previous 18 weeks of work for one more win. They're the top seed in the NFC. That was never in question. Um, This Detroit team never gave up, and they really ruined uh, any chance they had at the first overall pick. Congrats to Jacksonville, even though they almost fucked themselves over in the uh, draft pick order. Detroit, it's it's a destination that I think people are going to keep an eye on moving forward with how these guys play for Dan Campbell. Like You can't give coach of the year to a 3-13 and 13 team, but Dan Campbell has had an effect on the Detroit Lions that I did not see or foresee whenever the season started. But I like Dan Campbell a lot. I think 3-13 yeah. three and 13 is 3-13-1 and one is not the worst thing in the world. Um Given what he has, yeah, they have the number two pick now, and we'll see what they do with it. That's great. The the, the number two pick is probably the best pick in this draft, in my opinion, because you have to, you have Thibodeau at probably one. But if somebody wants to reach for a guy like Hutchinson on the defensive end, you could just literally you you don't have to worry about the choice. You're gonna get a good quality player. There's without there's the risk. two really solid guys, and you take the one that doesn't get picked. Exactly. You don't have you don't have a choice. Essentially, you right. have to. It's like whenever the Chargers took Herbert. It's like Tua and Herbert were kind of paired together in that draft, and yep. the Dolphins said, "Give me Tua," and it was like, "We will gladly take Herbert. We love him. He is amazing. He's overachieved by every stretch of the imagination." Amon Ross St. Brown. I drafted him in a couple leagues in fantasy. Ended up dropping him because he wasn't producing immediately, which was dumb on my part. But he has arrived, and he should be a cornerstone of this Ravens uh, or not Ravens Lions passing attack moving forward he is a very talented player and he he's good he was good in college he produced in college and he showed over the back half of the year that he can produce at the NFL level it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where he slots in if they add talent in the offseason whether it be through the draft or free agency because I think a guy like a Mike Williams or Michael Gallup Detroit will pay a receiver to come Jared Goff has been able to produce winning seasons with talent around him. So if they want to stick with Goff, they are going to add talent around him as the team improves. But St. Brown, whether he be at your slot receiver or even one of your perimeter guys, is projecting to be pretty damn good for some years to follow. All right. It's time to shit on the Colts. Nah, 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 nah. You know the rest. I'm not going to do it. The ghost of Urban Meyer lives, and apparently he hates horseshoes. He Trevor found a horseshoe in his burger at Applebee's one time, and it's been all downhill since then. Um, look, we talked about poorly ran franchises in terms of um, the Giants. 
And at least the Giants are bad. We know they're bad, and they're going to continue to be bad, and they're going to get high draft picks. Um, the Colts are probably in one of the worst spots they could be in right now. They do not have a first-round pick now. They are not in the playoffs. They lost to the worst team in the league for the sixth, sixth straight year they've lost in Jacksonville. They lost to Jacksonville week one last season, and that was Jacksonville's only win. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Taylor um, got stuffed all day long. 15 carries for, uh, I guess maybe not all day long, but there were some runs I got, big runs I got stuffed. Um, 15 carries for 77 yards. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz fucking sucks. It's it's more complicated than just saying Carson Wentz sucks. Carson Wentz is broken. Um, this Colts team, um, Frank Reich, I'm not going to call for his head, but he is a key contributor to Carson Wentz being moved to the Colts. Frank Reich was the uh, quarterback's coach on that Eagles team that won in uh, 2018 or 2019. 2019, the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl against Brady, the Nick Foles, Philly Special, Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill, whatever you want to call it. That was the team of destiny. And he was the quarterback coach there, and he loves Carson Wentz. And you can you can feel about Carson Wentz however you want as a person. I, I'm not going to judge that. But as a quarterback, he has been a direct downgrade upon what Phillip Rivers was last year, 40, 40 years old. Um, Frank Reich has gone through three quarterbacks in three seasons as the uh, head coach of the Colts, and he's probably going to have to go through four more before he finds who his guy's going to be. Because if Carson Wentz cannot figure out what his career is going to be, the Colts are not going to be a playoff contender. Jonathan Taylor had a year unlike any other back this year, and it just wasn't enough. And it never was going to be enough because as I've said throughout the year, the Colts had a very tough start to the year, but they could make up for it in this back section. And they had dropped numerous games prior to this game, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back. And and they beat a lot of teams they really didn't have business beating at the time. But yep. these last two games against the Raiders and the Jaguars, and I'm not taking anything away from the Raiders, but that's a game they need to win. That's a game they blew. They blew a game against the Titans. They blew a game against the Raiders. They didn't show up in Jacksonville. Who else? Let's see. Let's just look at their losses. So beginning of the season, we talked about it in you know our preview. Their schedule is hard as hell. They lost to the Seahawks. Seahawks were bad later on, but at the time they were an extremely healthy team. Um, they lost to the Rams by three. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. They lost to the Titans in Tennessee. Okay. Makes sense. They come out, beat the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They lose to the Ravens in overtime. They demolish the Texans. They beat the Niners. They blow that game against Tennessee. That's probably the first big game that's you have a problem with. Then they beat the Jets. They beat the Jags. They beat the Bills. They blew that game against the Bucks. I don't care what anybody says. They had that game in hand against the Buccaneers and kind of threw that one away. Um, go out, blow out the Texans, beat the Patriots, beat the Cardinals, and then it's the Raiders and the Jaguars. And if you win any of those four games, you were in. Yeah. But you blew two games, and you kind of blew it against the Raiders. I guess they never really had a big lead against the Raiders, but 
the, the Raiders defense isn't flashy. It's uh, when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you should be able to put up more than 20 points against that team. And you put up this, 11 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The uh, culture is so one-dimensional. It's a dimension. The thing is, it'd be one thing if the Colts could only throw the ball. You can get really creative in how you approach that. Their one dimension is running the ball, and there's only so many ways you can feed Jonathan Taylor the rock. You can do stretches. You can do dives. You can do play action. It's It, it gets really stale really fast, and the Jaguars said, fuck it. Carson Wentz has to beat us. A cool thing for the Jaguars is Trevor Lawrence looked like the first overall pick for one of the first times this year. He looked really good. Great to see. He looked really, really good. And really, really nice story coming out this week. Um, the leading rusher for the Jags this year was Reichwell Armstead, who actually missed all of last year due to a bout with COVID-19. So um, seeing him back on the field, because he hadn't played all this year, he got signed to their uh, active roster after uh, James uh, James Robinson went out for the year. Yeah, so Reichwell Armstead being yeah. back in the NFL field is a really great feel-good moment. Marvin Jones had his best game as a Jaguar. It was just nice to see that they banded together for their interim coach, and it it sucks for the Colts, but you know, told you so. They they, they didn't underperform to start the year because they had very very tough opponents, but they gave up games again. They should have beat the Ravens. They had a pretty big lead on them. Um, they 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 didn't commit to Jonathan Taylor against the Bucks, and it cost them. Raiders game, this game, and there's many more instances where the Colts just didn't finish out games, and it cost them. It was, it was funny because somebody, I don't know who, I don't know their ad or anything like that, but um, somebody commented on one of our tweets and was like, I got to count on Jacksonville to beat the the Colts. And I'm like, well, they haven't won there since 2014. And they you know came back with, yeah, but it's the Jaguars. I was like, yeah, but football doesn't really make a whole lot of sense now, does it? I went back to that and that person deleted their tweets. So it it just goes to show like I wasn't going to pull receipts on this dude, but you got to understand that football doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Sometimes this shit happens all the time. Yeah. The Jets, the Jets and the Texans upset the number one seed in the AFC East at one point in the season. It It's just football, man. It's fucking wild. Yep. It's unpredictable and it's fun to watch. But speaking of unpredictable and, and fun to watch, well, and real quick, Trevor Lawrence had a really good play. It was like a botch snap over his head, pick it up on the run, throw it to the back of the Marvin end zone. Jones. Yep. Was Insane. it Marvin Jones? Yeah. I couldn't remember yep. if it was Jones or Treadwell, but man, like a play like that is like, damn, dude, this this dude is going to be That's special. He just needs that, help. Right? Yep. Yep. He, he he has that it factor. Um, speaking of uh, not having the it factor, Mike Zimmer and Matt Nagy. You're out of here. Pack the bags. You're going somewhere that's not Chicago and not Minnesota. Oh, this is like a weight off of my chest. Over the last and like, seven weeks. Nagy, Zimmer, and both of their GMs are out. Ryan, Ryan Pace, Pace and Rich Spielman. Un- unnamed Minnesota GM. No, yeah. Um, this has been a burden on my being for the last like seven weeks of just like when the fuck do they fire these dudes? And it finally happened. So shout out the uh, ownership groups out in Chicago and Minnesota. Kirk Cousins capped off his uh, best year as a quarterback to date with three touchdowns and 250 yards. So good for him. No playoffs for you, but he had a really good year according to his standards. Andy Dalton, congrats on finishing a year as a starting quarterback. David Montgomery, I wish he would have scored a touchdown. Darnell Mooney, thank you for producing on my bench in fantasy. Dalvin Cook, stay healthy. Justin Jefferson, you're that dude. KJ Osborne, don't know how he only had one reception. 
the game went how I thought it would. The Vikings are the better team. No one thought differently. Justin Fields is not out there. There's no upside for the Bears unit whenever Justin Fields is not playing. And back to the drawing board, new head coach, new GMs. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see where some of the players on these teams are come next year. Because Justin Fields is the starter, but I don't know what Minnesota is doing with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, in the end for me, um, if Mike Zimmer is supposed to be this great defensive mind, your defense fucked you over all year. Um, look, Kirk got a lot of shit over these past couple of years for getting this big old deal and kind of being a mediocre quarterback, but he had a good year. Um, the dude put his team in times to win for the most part. He threw for 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's a, that's a decent, that's almost a five rate. I will take five touchdowns per interceptions. That's, that's kind of near Rogers rate. Rogers rate is the, the Rogers rate. Is that trademarked? Can I say that? I'll Google it. <laughs> the rate at which Rogers throws touchdowns and interceptions. There you go. You can't get in trouble now. Um, is astronomically insane, but Kirk Cousins, 33 for seven. I will take that any given day. He put his yep. team in, in places to win most of the time, except in prime time against Cooper Rush. Um, but the defense let him down. That's on that's on Mike Zimmer. You want to be this defensive minded coach? You fucking suck. You you just can't have that kind of shit happen. They were supposed to be a playoff team this year, and you have a transcendent offense. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Kirk Cousins playing his probably, if I were to look it up, probably his best year statistically. And then you got Justin Jefferson breaking records left and right. So I don't know. Even without Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne didn't have a terrible time. The the Minnesota Vikings are going to play this offseason incredibly. I think they're going to play it safe to a certain extent. They're not too far off. Their offense is already there. They just need to stay healthy and they need to improve upon their defense. They can get the right head coach in here. And if Aaron Rodgers does leave Green Bay after this year, the NFC North is wide open. Yep. And so Chicago, congrats on getting Justin Fields. He should pan out. I think he will be pretty good for you guys moving forward. But uh, speaking of stuff panning out, Davis Mills almost did it again, Austin. He almost Titans, did. He tried his darndest. 28-25 Titans. But Davis Mills, 301 and three scores. Tannehill had 287 for four. And, like, Davis Mills is really good. He beat my team two weeks ago. He's beaten a lot of teams this year whenever he didn't expect it. He's been really good for what a anyone team, A team that does not see a light at the end of the tunnel anytime soon, this is probably their brightest spot of the season, is yep. that he has played well down the stretch, and he's probably going to be the starter week one unless they make some sort of trade. But I don't think anybody, A, even wants to go to Houston. They want to mortgage anything for a future because they are clearly not ready for anything. So I think they can focus on a different at, – at the current moment, I think they can focus on a different position in the draft. Davis Mills has been better than Zach Wilson. Davis Mills has been better than Trevor Lawrence. Not saying yeah. he's a better player than either of those players, but statistically he's been the best rookie quarterback besides Mac Jones, give or take. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, Titans the are the Tennessee number Titans. one seed. Derrick Henry gets a week of rest. If he comes back in the divisional round, that's going to be scary because, of course, the Titans get the lowest seed, uh, remaining seed. So if that is one of the wildcard teams, I definitely think they can beat any one of those 
teams, whether it be the Raiders, the Patriots, or the Eagles. Um, Healthy Derrick Henry, this dude has no miles on him this season for the most part for the past 10 weeks, so he'll be ready to go if if he is healed. Um, I'm also looking forward to uh, just if you look at the distribution of Tennessee's like attack, they were really balanced. Uh, obviously, Deontay Foreman had 21 carries. They had they ran about 34 run plays in total, like about they had 30, 32 total, 30 actual designed runs. Tannehill had two runs for negative two yards, but uh, the receivers put in some work. Westbrook with a touchdown, AJ Brown with a touchdown, Julio with a touchdown, and Furster caught a touchdown. Julio Jones first touchdown of the season, baby. Some things Let's never go. change. Some things never change. The Titans are looking really good. Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year. What he did this season, with what little he had to work with for most of the year, is commendable to say the least. He's been the best coach. Either the top seed in the AFC, which is, in my opinion, a more competitive, a more competitively inclined conference than the NFC, just based upon the talent. I will, I will say this: there are plenty of other coaches who have a say in this. The AFC and the NFC have been a dogfight all season. It, yep. It's probably one of the most wide open playoff brackets I've ever seen in my lifetime. I, for outside of two or three matchups that seem definitive, they still might not be definitive and. It's yep. wide open this year. Uh, but Mike Vrabel literally lost the heartbeat of his offense. He had to put up with Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill having some really bad fucking games against Houston and the Jets. Um, yep. But they came out. They won when they needed to. They are the number one seed. Uh, Mike Vrabel has done enough in my eyes to take that award away from anybody else. The only other person I would even give votes to is like Matt LaFleur. But he's, he's, he's not going to get it because he's been here. He's gone 13 and like three, 13 and four the last three years. If he was going to win the award, he would have won it three years ago or last year. It's just. And, and not a whole lot has changed for the Packers. It's not like they had to fight yeah. through adversity. They still had their two headed running backs, uh, running back tandem for most of the year. They've had Rodgers miss one game and he still has Devontae Adams. They s- improved on defense. It. It, it's it sucks that he doesn't get the award recognition because he's already been great. Yep, it's just kind of the way it crumbles sometimes. No, yeah, he's a LaFleur, great head coach. That's fine, but it's just not going to get him the award. Yeah, Matt suffers from the fact that his quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, it's partially the reason why Bruce Arians probably won't get much discussion and coach of the year as well, because he coached his team to the same record that the Packers have. But if you look at the Packers and the Bucks, they have a lot of help. They have a lot of top end talent on offense and defense. The Titans had one of the worst defenses in football last year and turned it around this year. Thanks to the help of like Bud Dupree and whoever the hell is over on that side. And they drafted JC, uh, not JC Horn, Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley round one. He's been gone He's out for the year. But Caleb yeah, no, Farley is probably talented as shit. But the problem when he was drafted was injury problems, and they drafted a top-end corner and didn't get him this season. And the thing with the uh, Titans as well is just he he did more with less. He yeah. they had they, this Titans team is the best case scenario for what basically if you put the Ravens in the AFC South and the Titans in the AFC North, I think the records are the same. For both franchises, you just switch them. So if the Titans go to the uh, AFC North, they finish eight and nine. 
Ravens go to the AFC South. They finish probably 12 and five. So it's the way that the cookie crumbles and it's the way that geographically they were located. The Titans got very fortunate. They got to play against the Jags and the, and the Texans for a good third of their, not third, I could like fourth of their schedule or whatever it is. And they beat and they swept the Colts. Yeah. They it, it'll always be, it'll always be wild to me that like, I get it. Strength of schedule is a thing, but we don't choose our schedules. Yep. The, the Dallas Cowboys did not choose to be in the NFC East, although we probably would have given the chance anyways, but you know, it, when it, it's a, it's funny when you beat the teams you're supposed to, nobody bats an eye. But then when you drop games to, you know, like when Tennessee dropped games to Houston and New York, it's this big fucking deal. But then when they go out and win 12 games against teams that they're supposed to beat and a couple teams they weren't supposed to beat, it's like, oh, okay, they're AFC South champions. Like, oh shit, they're the number one seat. Like, it sports are weird. Sports are really weird. They, they were they, they they the thing is with the Titans they didn't just beat the uh, bottom feeders of their own conference they beat the Chiefs they beat the Bills this is a team that even with all of the uh, deficiencies they've suffered whether it be through injury or just lack of uh, player availability Mike Vrabel has pushed every button correctly he earned yep. the one seed they beat they beat the Chiefs and they beat the Bills I don't know if they played the Bengals but they have beaten everybody that technically could have an argument to be better than they are. They are that they're the ones that made the most sense to me. If, if somebody had to pull yeah. it out because they the have is, been around. The thing is, don't give it. me the excuse of they beat the chiefs when the chiefs were bad. That's not, that's not a thing. Teams go through bad stretches all the time. Don't tell me they were bad. I hear that all the time that the Cowboys, the only good team they beat were the Patriots, but the Patriots weren't good at the time. Well, the Patriots are a fucking playoff team. So you guys Obviously, the they were good. They were pretty good. Chargers yeah, exactly. Like, I don't like, oh, the Chargers weren't great at the time. That's not, no. We, okay, we beat a team during a bad stretch. And like I said, nobody gives a shit if you're in a bad slump when you show up. You play yeah. to win the game. Like, I don't, it's crazy to me. Okay, we've been ranting a lot. So we'll, yeah. <laughs> I got to fly through a little bit. Saints, Falcons, um, Taysom Hill, Liz Frank, nothing else. Pretty much. Um, Cardinals need to beat the Seahawks. Didn't. Um, Russell Wilson had a great game. Rashad Penny had a great game. Um, that's a game Arizona can't lose, uh, especially at home. Um, uh, I don't think it changes my opinion of the Cardinals too much. I still think they can beat the Rams. I hate Cliff Kingsbury. I'm aware. You also hate Pete Carroll too. It, two two head coaches you also hate. Yeah. There you go. Um, Bills beat the Jets. Bills are AFC East champions. They need to beat the Jets to do it. Um, Zach Wilson, seven for 20 for 87 yards and a touchdown. Um, if there's any, if there's any rookie quarterback that I slightly feel bad for it's Zach Wilson, because pretty much everybody in his division has a kind of really good defense. Patriots, Bills, and Dolphins put out good defenses most of the season. So he's had it a bit rough. Um, but I like what I've seen out of Zach Wilson out of some explosive plays here and there. Um, he doesn't have a ton of help around him. Michael Carter hasn't always been there, and Michael Carter's going to be a stud. Um, Robert Sala putting out four four wins with this team is probably uh, his it was his ceiling this season. And they had some good shockers. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Titans. Um, they beat the Texans, and I can't remember their other win. 
Uh, they almost beat the Bucks. Uh, they played well. They were in most of the games they played this season. They got blown out a couple times early in the season, but I like what I saw from the Jets most of the season. Yeah, four wins for the Jets is a great start. Um, also, I'm going to call back to uh, my prediction for the uh, AFC East. I was uh, I, I was quoted as saying the X factor for the Buffalo Bills was going to be Mitch Trubisky, and I nailed that right on the head because the more snaps Mitch played, the worse off they would be. They are the three seed in the AFC, so obviously, I'm just kidding. It's it's not really a serious take. But congrats <laughs> to the Bills for winning their division. Uh, I had faith in them even whenever New England started to go on that roll. But I'm interested to see where the playoffs shake out. I want to see if they can beat the Patriots two times this year because the Pats have to beat the Bills twice. It's basically just the rubber match. Whoever gets this gets all yeah. the marbles. Uh, Bucks beat the Panthers, forty-one seventeen. The Panthers suck, and they deserved yep. every loss that they earned this year. They yep. started out the year three and zero to finish five and twelve. No more justice has ever been so sweet. Matt Rule, uh, you are on the thinnest ice I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, maybe Joe Lombardi's gone. Who knows? Not much to say. Well, we'll talk about teams and their and Joe their Lombardi. Joe Brady. Oh no, they already well, fired got, Joe. He got fired weeks ago. Joe Lombardi's oh, out so in yeah, LA. They, they need right. to go out and find an offensive coordinator. Yeah, they, they, Matt they, Rule they, needs to go out and find an offensive coordinator to save his job. Because right now he still has a job, but we'll see how long that lasts. Uh Dolphins beat the Patriots 33-24. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about um Mike Flores, Matt Flores. Why am I forgetting his name? Brian Flores. Brian. Brian. We'll talk about Brian Flores another time. Um, because honestly, he could have a job by next week. <laughs> he could have a job um, by tomorrow. True, true. Um, Mac Jones threw a pick six. Uh, in the end, this game didn't really matter for the Patriots. They are the sixth seed. Um, they probably maybe could have been the fifth seed if they won, but there isn't much here. Tua threw for 109 and a touchdown. The the defense for the Dolphins, put him in good spots. Duke Johnson ran for 117 yards, so... Yep. Cool. Shout out Bob Stevenson, Damian Harrison, Brandon Bolden for frustrating fantasy managers all across the world. <laughs> you love a two-headed backfield? Let me introduce you to the Patriots' carousel of running backs. And, we're, and they got lucky that James White didn't play this year because it would have been just, like playing slots you're just hoping you can get four damian harris's in a row because if not good luck fucking fucking camera hog look at this camera hog oh no oh no (laughs) why are you hogging the camera dude speaking of hogging the camera sean mcveigh really (laughs) wanted to be on national television for somebody that uh went and celebrated with his uh, team on the field it must hurt losing (laughs) You were up by 16 at that point. You go out there, high five uh, Tyler Higby, and then uh, Kyle Shanahan cracked his knuckles and said, "You, you, you, gosh darn idiot, Jimmy Garoppolo." Um, you hate to see him come, and you love to watch him leave through two picks and a touchdown. And Debo Samuel is the best quarterback on their side on Sunday. They pulled it out. They pulled it out. Yeah, um, uh, Kyle Shanahan continues to know how to beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They come back with uh, 14 in the third, seven in the fourth, and three in overtime to win it. 
Did Stafford throw another pick six? Pick six? I don't think so. I don't think they were pick sixes. They were picks, but I don't think they were pick sixes. Stafford had two picks, you know, par for the course. Tyler Higby came out to play this week. The last two weeks of his season were just like he was making up for lost time. Cooper Cup did not catch any NFL single season record, whether it be yards, receptions, or touchdowns. Uh, He finished. He won the triple crown, but. Won the triple crown, but didn't break any single season record. So, Michael Thomas, you're safe. Calvin Johnson, you're safe. I find it incredibly uh, interesting that Matthew Stafford has sustained the two greatest individual receiving seasons in NFL history. He's that guy. Um, yeah. Now we'll find out if that actually plays out to be anything of worth coming into the postseason. Uh, shout out Cam Akers for being inhuman. Uh, he popped his Achilles in training camp and he played in week 18. Didn't see that coming. Happy for him. Love Cam Akers. Going to be running that backfield for the next decade, all the next three years. Because, you know, running backs don't get paid. But the Rams came Did up you short. place a bet on the Rams or something? <laughs> Kyle, Shanahan, dog. Kyle Shanahan and the <laughs> Niners willed themselves back into the playoffs. And the last time we saw them in a playoff format, they killed Aaron Rodgers. So do not take the Niners lightly. They are basically the Jason Voorhees of NFL teams. They are not dead until you watch them get buried. And that's not even good enough for them. So they pulled it out. Niners are a playoff team. I'm interested to see how they'll actually pan out this year. And we have reached the pinnacle of the podcast. Okay. What can I say? (laughs) So the Chargers are the Chargers and they found probably the most Chargers way to lose. It's, it's the way it's the thing that happens. Uh, I've lived through Marty Schottenheimer. I've lived through Nate Kading. I've lived through Norv Turner. I've lived through Anthony Lynn. I've seen Phillip rivers throw jump balls to five, 10 running backs. I've lived it. I've dealt with it. LT on a exercise bike on the sideline is still occurring in my nightmares. The Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers are the biggest underachievers in professional football. And I'm not mad. They didn't necessarily underachieve this year. They could have done a lot more. Uh, We finished the season nine and eight and missed the playoffs by a hair. Um, we beat ourselves more often than not this year in terms of penalties. Even looking at this game, we we got ten penalties for 108 yards. That's like a it's like a 70 yard discrepancy against the Raiders and what they were penalized for. And it, when you have more penalty yards than the Raiders, you're doing something wrong. We just we let them get up early. We stormed back. They then we couldn't score in the third quarter at all, and we had to literally claw our way back from death. Herbert had to convert three fourth downs on the final drive of that game. The man threw the ball 64 times. I didn't see that number. Dear, I love Justin Herbert. None of this is his fault. Um, Justin Herbert, the thing is, if this were any other year as a Chargers fan and I had like a 40 year old Phillip Rivers, yeah, I'd feel a certain way about us not making the playoffs. Justin Herbert's going to be 24, 25 after this season. He's going to be 24 next year. So Justin Herbert's going to be 24 years old next year, going into his third year as an NFL quarterback, but the second year head coach. 
this year, I told everybody, Austin included, I expected the Chargers to be a wild card caliber playoff team, probably having to win 10 games to make it in. And you I was right. correct. Yeah. They were this close to making it. And genuinely, it shouldn't have been that close in the Raiders game because we should have beat the Chiefs in LA. We should have, we could have beat the Raiders this game. They won the coin toss, which obviously didn't matter. Came to field goals, but I think if the Chargers get the ball to start overtime, we I feel like we could have scored a touchdown with how momentum had gone. Um, we also should we should have beat the Cowboys, in my opinion. We got some really bad luck there. The uh, Micah Parsons welcome to the NFL. Your first sack is a joke. That happened. Um, Little shift. We blew that. We blew that lead to KC. We lost to the Texans. There are like four or five games across this season where the Chargers just let teams off the hook. And in doing that, we failed to realize we let ourselves on the hook. We well, let's see. Let's just let's just quickly go through. You beat Washington week one. We we almost got Cowboys. hoed out of that game. You there lost some... to the Cowboys week two. Very close game. But yeah, you almost got hoed out of that. Uh, Washington game you go into Arrowhead you beat the Chiefs 30 to 24 Mm -hmm. you beat the Raiders you beat the Chargers or you beat the beat the Browns you get annihilated by the Ravens never showed up for that game uh you dropped a close one to the Patriots yep you beat the Eagles you drop one to the Vikings beat the Steelers uh got beat up by the Broncos uh, beat the Bengals, beat the Giants, lost to the Chiefs, a, a very winnable game. Uh, lost to the Texans, a very winnable game. But Rex Burkhead just it it this season for you guys has come down to the rushing defense, and you and I talked about it offline. Twenty minutes before the podcast starts, it, it's going to be. I think it. I think a lot of people will disagree when uh, I say what you said earlier, but you guys. Outside of the X amount of stars that you have, there's not a whole lot there. Yeah, this Chargers roster, while we ha- we have one of the most star-studded teams in football in terms of top-end talent, like household name guys, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, we got Corey Lindsley at center, Justin Herbert, obviously, Derwin James, Joey Bosa. Our defense is held together by Derwin James and Joey Bosa. Chris Harris Jr. has not been a serviceable NFL defensive back since the Broncos are playing for Super Bowls. Chris Harris Jr. has not been that guy. Uh, we gave up on Casey Hayward. We traded Desmond King, and we went all in on Chris Harris Jr. It just can't happen. He can't be our number one corner. This year, Adderley played well. Kenneth Murray had a year from hell this year. He could not stay healthy. Kazir White was really good for us, and Chenna Nuosu had a really good year. But these aren't guys that you're Sante going to. Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. had a really good start to his rookie year, couldn't stay healthy. Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones just aren't going to cut it interior-wise. We need defensive tackles, point blank and period. Our offensive line has improved immensely. (sighs) Rayshon Slater was the best tackle pro football focus has seen, rookie-wise, in the last decade. This team is so good. We just need to get that much better in the margins. We fixed our special teams. Uh, We can return kicks now with Andre Roberts. Dustin Hopkins hits field goals, unlike any kicker we've had over the last four years. And the thing is, if the Chargers would have just cut Vizcaino, when as soon as he started missing kicks, we probably aren't in this situation. And I know everyone's going to say, well, Brandon and Brandon. Brandon went for fourth all the time. If Brandon Staley doesn't have the philosophy to go for fourth, we don't beat the Chiefs and we don't even have a shot to make it to the playoffs against the Raiders. 
to sit here and crucify our first year head coach for making decisions that he had the balls to make in the moment is just it's 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 irresponsible. Brandon Staley coached. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go back to we'll talk. Let's talk about the two biggest things that everyone's the talking about. Didn't matter. The timeout did not matter. So so we'll get to that in a second. No. Um, the fourth and one on your own eighteen. That that's probably the biggest questionable call I will go to about Brandon Staley all season. You can go yeah. back to the Chiefs game where they went for it on fourth down a lot on the goal line, but you yeah. went hyper aggressive against the firepower that the Chiefs had. Whatever you took him to overtime, you got beat by Travis Kelsey. It is what it is. Don't tell me, you know, oh, we could have kicked field goals at the time. But if you kick field goals at the time, it's then becomes a different game. It it plays out differently. You can't you can't say that you know the future changes based on what happened before. Like the game isn't played the same if you take two field goals instead of two turnovers on downs. It just doesn't work that way. It. It's just like saying, what if I threw a fastball up and in instead of a hanging slider? It, it, this, the game changes very, very, one slight change changes everything. The timeout. It's third and four. It's the Chargers 40, 41. Yeah, it would have been like Ish. a 55 yarder if that. There are about five seconds left on the play clock, and there's about 30 seconds left in the game. Brandon Staley calls a timeout because his personnel for a run play is not good. Yep. Josh Jacobs. What's what's the uproar? I'm I'm confused about what the what the uproar is because here's the thing. If Josh Jacobs got stuffed, they're kicking 58 yards. It's Daniel fucking Carlson. They are going to kick that field goal. If you get pushed. I, I can maybe understand if they don't try and kick like a 65, 66 yarder, because then you take kind of that play of catching it and taking it all the way and losing the game. That yeah, kind of weird play. Yeah. But up until 61, 62, I'm throwing out Daniel Carlson because he's done it all season. He's the best yeah. kicker in the league right now next to Justin Tucker. Yeah. The dudes, um, the dudes won the Raider games all season. Yeah, the the timeout. It's everyone's. I think Brandon Staley's getting shit for the timeout because he's gone. He's been he's been ballsy all year. He's been going for it on fourth down and making all these gutsy calls. But the, he he called the timeout because he needed to get the right guys out on the field because it's third and four and Josh Jacobs has been busting our ass all game. He averaged five yards a carry. It was third and four. If you don't have your guys out there, you you need to stop Josh Jacobs. You put people out there. Then he rushed for 10 yards and they kicked a field goal. To sit here and say the Raiders weren't going to kick the field goal is just ludicrous. If Rich Bassat, like it's all fun and games never Basachi and Derek Carr, like, yeah, we were planning on running the clock out. The fuck you weren't. No, that, that, that's not how that works. If Basaccio's plan was to run the clock out, I'm planning that he's probably not going to be an NFL head coach coming into next year. You do not openly admit that in a competition of the magnitude of an NFL football game. It's just you play to win, and it's that simple. So all the shit about, well, they we're just going to run out the clock. No one was playing for a tie in that game. If you were playing for a tie, you, would, you, would have, you wouldn't have tried to kick a field goal in overtime. Like, they yeah. kicked the field goal in overtime to take the lead and then give you guys the ball. If you were playing for a tie, that drive doesn't happen. I don't, I don't, there's, there, I don't see the problem with the timeout. They, were they good to run the ball? Probably. Yep. 
whatever happens on that play happens on that play, but Derek Carr's going to do the same fucking thing that he did when Josh Jacobs run it. He's going to stand next to a referee, look up at the clock when it hits two or three, call timeout, kick a field goal. Nothing yeah. changes. The timeout literally just changed the personnel on the field and probably the type of run they were going for. Yep. You but can't sit here like Brandon Staley provoked the Raiders going for a field goal. This no, he childish. didn't. I, I think that's it's ridiculous. Stupid. It's comical. And, and to bash Brandon Staley because he cost the Chargers a playoff spot, is it's just it's just ridiculous. Calling a timeout whenever the Raiders are charging down the field, getting into field goal position, and then he calls a timeout to try and stop them from getting into better field goal position, which doesn't work because our rush defense is absolutely porous. It's, it's a revisionist history type thing that I'm not going to get behind, and I'm going to stand by the head coach. I am here for the Chargers. As a Chargers fan that I've I've been a Chargers fan my entire life and I am going to sit here and say I am a Chargers fan probably until the day that I die. And here's and- the thing too, it, when the right personnel comes on the field, if Josh Jacobs gets stuffed on that play and then they try and kick a 60 59 yard field goal and then Daniel Carlson misses it, misses it? Yeah. Brandon Staley looks like a genius. Because he's, yeah. they're going to ask him, why'd you call a timeout? I had the wrong personnel. You bring on the right personnel, he stops the play. It's not yeah. his fault that he put the right personnel on the field and they just did not execute because your run defense has been abysmal all season. It's in the bottom bottom three of the league, and it's been yeah. in the bottom three of the league. Consistently it's, it's all not, year. I, I don't know. And the thing with me is the Chargers finished 9-8 and eight in the most unpredictable year football has seen ever. And in the toughest division. In the toughest division in, in the toughest division in the NFL since I don't know when they had a they had an above five hundred record. And the Texans game, Rex Burkhead killed us, but we were missing like all of our dudes. Keenan Allen like I thought Mike Williams was out. Keenan Allen played, but I think Eckler was out. I think Derwin and Bosa were out. Basically, we were our second unit for the most part, besides Herbert in that Texans game. Yeah. So we finished with an, we finished with an above 500 record. It's our first year head coach, second year quarterback. There's nowhere to go from here but up. And that's the way I'm going to have to look at it because good 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 for the Raiders, good for their franchise, good for their fans. They had a season from hell that I don't think anybody predicted for them to have. They persevered. Now they're yeah. going to play in the playoffs and they're going to have to try and beat this Bengals team, which I think they could probably do. But Staley Happy he's my coach. Herbert, ecstatic he's my quarterback. And we just got to improve. You guys have one of the most... We have caps. the most cap in the league. We have the highest cap number in the league. We we can sign almost anybody we want. What yeah, if you, guys, if you guys stuff that defensive line, you're in spot to win 11 or 12 games next season. We need to... Well, we need to tag Mike Williams more, more, more likely than not. Add a D tackle in the draft or free agency, improve the corners, and number one on our list is re-sign Derwin James. We need to max yeah. him out and get him under contract moving forward. Yeah. Because it's Joey, it's Derwin, it's Eckler, it's Keenan, it's Herbert, Slater, and Lindsley. If we can just fill the holes around them with competent to above average NFL players, the top end talent, as long as there's depth around them, should be good enough to not only win the AFC West, but push for Super Bowls. Because KC, their whole window of their rookie quarterback deal and maxing out these other aspects of the game is gone. They're going to have to get more creative and get a little bit more lax in other areas. The Chargers need to 
pounce on the opportunity that they've been given with this rookie deal that Herbert has. Because whenever we have to start paying him big money, there is no easy way to improve the other spots. So we had to do we had to pay Dak Prescott forty million dollars. You're paying Herbert close to the same. Hundred percent. He'll make more. That's the way the NFL works. The cap goes yep. up and the salaries go up, but it's still going to be a bigger percentage, regardless of how you cut it. So hopefully, uh, the offseason we improve. We'll be talking about it as the year progresses. But all in all, it was a positive year for the Chargers. Terrible way for it to end, but I'm proud of the guys. Yep. All right. Let's get into the playoffs real quick before we head out. Everyone can go watch the national championship tonight as there is no Monday night football and we will get ready for oh, playoffs shoot. on Saturday. I can watch uh, Alabama kick George's teeth in. Kidding. You can. I don't, you can I don't indeed. You're not kidding. I, George, George has got some studs. Their defense is scary. But yeah, Bryce Bryce Young is a problem. All right. Let's start with the, <laughs> the Raiders and the Bengals. Um I think it's as simple as this for me. Um, the Raiders are a team that can be the thorn in the side of another team, and they've kind of been that pesky team that doesn't die very easily for the most part. Um, they haven't gotten really blown out a whole lot this season except against the Chiefs, um, but I do not think their secondary can handle Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, let alone Joe Mixon. Um, I think this is a pretty... Uh, I think this is a game the Bengals can win, break that curse. Um, I think they can beat them by at least 10 points, yeah. especially at home, rested. Um, yeah, the, the Bengals should be able to beat the Raiders. Um, the Raiders come into the playoffs is probably they're, – they're, they're seated correctly, so they're the uh, – are they, are they the five spot right now technically? Mm-hmm. They should be the sixth spot. The Patriots are a better team than the Raiders. They are definitively better than the Steelers. The Bengals are very happy that the Raiders won that game. The Bengals are ecstatic, in my opinion, because the Chargers, in my opinion, obviously I'm a little subjective, are better than the Raiders in terms of top-end talent, in terms of like what they can do on a week-to-week basis at their ceiling. But if the Bengals are hitting on all cylinders, Jamar Chase can destroy any secondary I'm not afraid of Casey Hayward and the uh, Raiders secondary. Joe Mixon should be back healthy. Um, T. Higgins is also a massive problem. C.J. Uzamoa can uh, bleed a defense. Tyler Boyd, one of the best wide receiver threes football has. And Trey Hedrickson was one of the best signings defensively for any franchise this year. And if he's going to get to car, it's going to be a long day for Las Vegas. Yeah. All right, so we both got the Bengals. Uh, Patriots head to Buffalo. Number six seed takes on the three seed. Um, it's the rubber game. The Patriots beat up the Bills the first time. The Bills got them back really good the second time. I really don't, I didn't like the way the Patriots played against the Dolphins because the Patriots were playing for something. They were playing for a possible division title if somehow the Jets were able to upset the Bills. Um, they did not play well against Miami. They haven't played well lately for the Patriots. Um, I'm pretty sure. Let's take a look. Make sure I'm not talking out of my ass here. Um, Oh, that's right. They put up 50 on the Jags. I forgot about that. But then they lost to the Bills. They lost to the Colts. So outside of absolutely annihilating the Jacksonville Jaguars, they haven't played well their last three games. Um, Devin Singletary is playing really well. I think that's really good for the Buffalo Bills to have an RB1 they can trust. Um, What happened earlier this season? How bad was it? Oh, they played that wind game. That's right. Yep. That insanely wind game. So that's that's yeah. a hard game to read. Three pass Mac Jones. 
Yeah, give me the Bills. I have to take the Bills in this. Give me the Bills. The only game that they got to play this year that was actually good enough uh, setting for a football game. The Bills walked away with it. It was just, it wasn't even close. Don't color me surprised if Bill Belichick does find a way to win this game. He is yeah. that dude. Um, he's been doing it for a long time. This is almost all these matchups are pretty wide open. Um, so I can't really say I'm going to be surprised at almost any upset that happens this weekend. They're bound to happen. Um, technically, the Niners beating the Cowboys would be an upset, but that's another super close game. Um, but it sounds like we'll both take the Bills. Uh, Eagles head to Tampa Bay, seven seed, taking on the two seed. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks because I'm supposed to. Um, Tom Brady and company is supposed to beat the the Eagles have they the Eagles have outperformed expectations but I you know it's going to be that kind of Cinderella story that's going to hit the brick wall and the brick wall is the defensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah um, but at the same time the Eagles played the Buccaneers this season very hard the Buccaneers are extremely depleted um, their secondary is beat up they don't have Chris Godwin they've lost Antonio Brown I don't know if Leonard Fournette's going to be healthy or not. I don't think Ronald Jones is going to be healthy, so they're going to run out uh, Vaughn and Bell. Um, this is probably one of the upsets that I wouldn't mind picking. I feel like yep. the Eagles can indeed upset the Bucks, but Tom Brady does find a way every time, so I'm going to take the Bucks, but would not be surprised at all to come back here next week and be like, Eagles are heading to Lambeau. Yeah. Um it's Tom Brady in the playoff scenario. Um, Jalen Hurts is the best version Taylor Heineke could ever strive to be. I like Jalen Hurts. I like how the Eagles have played this year, and I think the Bucks are susceptible to being exploited in ways that they weren't last year, but they still have talent on that roster. There's still Mike Evans. There's still Scotty Miller. You still have Keyshawn Vaughn, Le'Veon Bell, Gronk, Antoine Winfield Jr. is still out there. I just think it would take a Herculean effort and some big gaffes on the end of uh, Tampa Bay. So I think Tampa Bay is able to win this game. I don't know if they can win it in the divisional round, but I think they have enough to squeak out a wild card victory. Yeah. Uh, 49ers come in, take on the Cowboys. Um, I obviously have to pick the Cowboys, um, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Um, I do know that it's going to be a Red Sea out in Dallas. 49er fans have traveled well. And the Dallas Cowboys are kind of one of those fan bases where there's a lot of us, don't get us wrong, but a lot of us don't really show up to watch yeah. the game and cheer up the team. Uh, I feel like that's kind of the franchise we become. Um, so if there's a Red Sea on Sunday, I would not be surprised in the slightest. I've seen it all over Twitter of like, oh, don't sell your tickets to Niner fans. You can't stop fans from showing up. Um, and even geographically, a lot of people from California have moved over to Texas Yep. just for the better economic value. Um, so there's a lot of Niner fans who live in Texas. There's a lot of Niner fans who are going to leave California to come to the game. They travel well. Uh, my biggest fear in this game is that we did not look good against containing Kenny, Gain Kenny Gainwell. Granted, we were down our biggest playmaker in Micah Parsons. Um, yep. The Eagles throw out usually a top five line, even though they were throwing out the B team. They have usually a pretty good line most of the time. Um if Trent Williams is out of this game again, um, that's a little better advantage for us. Um, Trent Williams is a stud. Um, the Niners are going to throw out a top five O line. They're going to pound the ball in our faces. Um, 
Lawrence, Gregory, Parsons, Van Der Esch, all these dudes got to be ready to stop the run. If you do not stop the run, you you have to get into the spot where Jimmy G has to make plays. And Jimmy G doesn't make a ton of plays. He's They are a very yards after catch type of team. They always have been. Um, they have the playmakers to do it in Ayuk, Debo, Kittle. These guys catch the ball five yards and take it 80. They're just that good. Um, our defense has been great most of the season. It's been a little lackluster lately. Um, if Elijah Mitchell comes out of this game with 150 yards and two touchdowns and we get put in the dirt, I will come back here next week and be like, yep, that happened. Um, yeah. And we will once again be a one and done team. We will once again have all this hype shoved into our faces. Um, if Mike McCarthy's game management costs us this game, it I would not be surprised because the Niners are most likely going to win the time of possession game. Um, the thing that gives me the most confidence going into this game is that the Niners secondary has been suspect throughout the season. Um, Matt Stafford has kind of been up and down these last couple of weeks, even against the Ravens, he was kind of up and down. So um, those picks, that kind of stuff, Matthew, Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford has left a little to be desired lately. Um, Dak has to be right. We had to have to hit Cooper and CeeDee Lamb in the stomach. Um, we got to get Schultz out in the flat and on the good tight end screen. Schultz has been really great for us. Um, we have to rush the ball more than 50 yards this game with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. And there you go. Uh, we have to not penalize ourselves out of this game. Um, we have a really bad habit of doing that. Um, if our DBs don't turn their head around, the game will be over super quick, especially when you're trying to cover Debo Samuel. Um, yeah. Cause they're going to throw it to him a lot. They're going to run the ball to him a lot. Um, it's going to be a tough game for us to win. Um, to be fair, we were never going to face the Eagles. Um, so facing the Cardinals or the Niners was going to be a tough ask. I would have loved to face the saints. I felt like we could have easily handled them. Um, but we were centered to face one of the NFC West teams. All those teams coming in the playoffs are tough ass teams. It's going to be a tough ask for us to win. Um, but I have to stand here by my team and be like, we can win. Um, we've had a decent pass rush, which I haven't seen in my fucking lifetime. Yeah. I've seen Aaron Rodgers have like seven seconds to throw the ball every single time. And he's torched us for years. Um, so we got to force, we got to force Jimmy to try and do the same thing. And we already know he can't for the most part. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Your team is your team. And uh, I think the Niners can pull this one out. I'm not going to pick them out of respect for you as a person. I'm going to pick the Cowboys in this uh, wild card matchup. Their offense is really high octane. Their defense is overachieved all year. Jimmy Garoppolo is prone to make mistakes, but Kyle Shanahan is a better coach than Mike McCarthy, in my opinion, for all the flaws that he has. Whenever teams are this closely, like, compacted i think the coach kind of plays out it's opposite of that bill belichick sean mcdermott thing i don't think bill i think the teams are a little bit more spread apart in terms of talent like i think josh allen's a far better quarterback than what you're gonna get out of uh mac jones i think josh allen could be the trump card in that matchup i don't think Dak necessarily will be the trump card in a matchup against the niners because their run their rush offense is their bread and butter and their offensive line is so dominant yeah, we're going to – There's. it wouldn't surprise me if it comes down to a point. Look, we can't show up in the fourth quarter. We have to show up in the first quarter and stay there the entire game. We've had yep. bad habits of showing up late, and this is not a team you can show up late against because they are going to eat the fuck out of the clock. And, and they are damn with, good at it. 
The thing with them too is Nick Bosa is unlike probably any edge you've seen in your division all year besides Chase Young. And Chase Young, you maybe played once this year due to injury. Yeah, we are honestly our biggest edge rusher we faced this year probably was Chandler Jones. And yep. Chandler Jones was in the backfield a decent amount of times. So we held him a little bit. But yeah, we're going to need to... I hope Tyron Smith is healthy. Like I love, I love seeing Tyron Smith out there and doing what he do. That dude is great. Love Zach Martin. Um, love our offensive line, but they can't. They got to give Dak time. Dak doesn't move like he used to, and he needs he needs to stay in the pocket for the most part. That's what he's been doing. Yeah. Um, and you know, I like what I saw from Cedric Wilson, even though it was against the B team of the Eagles. Um, we're without Michael Gallup, which sucks a lot, but Cedric Wilson has to be the next guy up. Yep. But like I said, if I come back here, I will look the camera dead in the eyes and be like, the Niners straight out beat us. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. This outside of the Rams and the Cardinals, these are probably the next two closest teams in terms of skill, you know teams being good like this is this is a re- this is probably the biggest toss-up game for me even as a Cowboys fan it I'd love to be confident but I'm not gonna sit here and be unrealistic and you know we them boys yeah I get you speaking of being unrealistic um tell my Steelers, Steelers are gonna get their fucking heads there. kicked in the Chiefs are like a league above you guys. Ben's arm is shot. And if you're wanna get if you're wanting to get into a shootout with any team in the playoffs, Kansas City is not that team. TJ Watt's gonna get to Mahomes a little bit, I'm sure. But the Chiefs offensive line has improved over the year. Minka Fitzpatrick can't cover Tyreek and Travis Kelsey at the same time. This is not in the cards. Chiefs are gonna win this game. And if they don't, I'll be laughing. But I, I just I'll see it when I believe it. Chiefs are going to win this game. No, no, nothing else to it. Yep. Yeah, not much to say about it. It was it wasn't close the first time. Don't think it's going to be close the second time. Yep. Uh, Cardinals take on the Rams. Uh, the Rams, if they had won, they would have moved into the two slot and they would have been playing the Eagles. No, they would have been playing um, uh, the the saints saints yep the saints they'd be taking the uh, seven seed i don't like this for the rams at all i really it's don't not ideal it's not ideal this is this is about the other toss-up game this the two two nfc matchups are almost all the nfc matchups are toss-up games um because of the way tampa bay looks and how the eagles have played lately um i'm gonna pick the cardinals i just Ooh. I just like the Cardinals better. Matt uh, Cooper Cup is great. Offensive player of the year. Um, but Matt Stafford is prone to mistakes. He hasn't done it in the playoffs before. We haven't seen it from him. Um, James Conner is playing out of his mind. Kyler Murray is healthy at the back end of a year for once. Um, Sean McVay is a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury, but the Cardinals did it early in the season. I think they can do it again. It's another rubber matchup. I don't think they can. I'm picking the Rams for a multitude of reasons. The paramount one being I hate Cliff Kingsbury and I can't see him succeed. (laughs) No. um, Aaron Donald is one of the single most significant defensive forces football's ever seen. The Cardinals are going to get J.J. Watt back for how many snaps. I really don't care. 
my big thing is DeAndre Hopkins is not suiting up for the Cardinals this weekend or probably any weekend for the rest of this year. DeAndre Hopkins was a huge part of this offense, and I think DeAndre Hopkins not being on the field creates a huge problem for this Cardinals passing attack. Jalen Ramsey can shut down anybody on this offense, DeAndre Hopkins included. So they're going to have to get really creative on how they're going to move that ball downfield. If Jalen Ramsey doesn't have to stick onto somebody, he's just going to beg Kyler Murray to try and beat him. And I think McVeigh understands how much this game probably means to the Rams. They've given up their entire future for this two to three year window that they are now in. And if you're one and done first year into that questions have to start coming about, about, what what you can do moving forward this game is because well, von miller is gone right von miller's just clue. this year yeah von miller leaves after this year odell's not getting re-signed robert woods may never be the same player again you'll be you'll be having cooper cup van jefferson cam Akers off of the achilles i think sonny michelle has a year left on his deal and you still have daryl henderson but this year's probably the best it's gonna get unless they can get some buyout dudes down the line. Yeah, there's not much of the future left to mortgage, so there's not much left because you kind of got Odell for free. Yep. You got yeah, lucky in terms of that of being able to replace Robert Woods. You got Von Miller, you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey made a big play against the Niners that should have sealed the game, but they couldn't capitalize on it. Um Cooper Cup has played out of his mind and I don't know if we'll see him like that ever again, you know. I, it's hard to repeat this kind of performance. Um, you said Robert Woods might never be the same again. Tyler Higby's playing really well lately. Yep. Tony Michelle's playing now. really well lately. Yeah, the window's now, and if they don't yeah. capitalize, especially against the Cardinals, a team that they've effectively owned since Sean McVay became the coach. Yeah. Like, the Cardinals can be next up, but if the Rams let them beat them now, I don't think they can come back from it. I think whatever window they had is now half shut. Because the NFC is only going to get better. Kyler's only going to get better. Dallas yep. is only going to improve. Tampa Bay, and while Brady's still there, will be getting better year in and year out. Green Bay's not going anywhere until Aaron Rodgers says so. Yeah, the only team, yeah, the NFC, Brady's probably playing another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Rodgers stays in Green Bay, he's a problem. If he goes to anywhere else in the NFC, that team also becomes a problem. Um, the, the Niners. The, the Cowboys aren't really – I wouldn't call the Cowboys a problem right now, but they're still yeah. not a team you want to play due to the high-octane offense that can pop off at any second. And your division's fucking hard as hell. Uh, if Jimmy's gone next year. Yeah, if Jimmy's gone next year, Trey Lance takes over. Trey Lance has looked pretty well. The Niners couldn't stay healthy this year, and they still made the playoffs. Their yep. entire secondary was dead by week three. Raheem Mostert played maybe one game. That there's there's so little margin for error in this in this LA thing that they have to win this game. If the yep. Rams don't win this game, it's over before it ever starts. Because I don't see them having this advantageous of I don't see them having this same scenario play out again. If the Cardinals start out hot next year after this year's experience, I I'd be damned if they didn't finish it out. Yeah. The Cardinals gave the Rams the division. Now the Rams have to take it. The Rams essentially have to take the division because if the Cardinals win this week. They won the division. It doesn't matter who won the division. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Rams have to win. The Cardinals could win, but I'm 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 betting on the Rams. 
And right now, SoFi isn't really home field advantage. SoFi is not really that great of a play. It's it's a nice stadium. An amazing. Would stadium. love to go, but love nor the SoFi. Chargers nor the Rams get a whole lot of love. Hey, Chargers fans show up in SoFi. I don't know about the Rams fans. But the Chargers have actually had some really nice turnouts. It's not like that uh, soccer stadium a couple years back. The Chargers actually show up for that those games. Yeah, it's just. I'm excited. Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, Cardinals and Rams are on a Monday night, so we got Monday night playoffs. That'll be really interesting. Kind of sucks that one of those teams gets a short week once they win. Yep. And you might have to play the Packers. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah. Not, not not ideal. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell. It's gonna be a wild weekend. It is called Super Wild Card Weekend for a reason. It's going to be super. It's going to be wild and uh, cards don't exist. It's all, well, the Cardinals, but we throw flags, I, not cards. I don't have to stress about anything football related for the next 12 months. So have fun, Austin. It's going to be a wild. To, to be fair, if Elijah Mitchell breaks off like a 25 yard run on the first play of the game, I'll just, I'll just take my sweater off and just sit back and drink at that point. I'll be like, all right, we're just, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend, guys. I am looking forward to talking about it, as always. Yeah, so that'll do it. Um, next week, we will bring you... Uh, my schedule is a little different next week, so we might be here on Monday. We might be here on Wednesday because of the wildcard game. Throws us for a loop a little bit, the way things will be determined. But if you follow us on Twitter, at TMSM Podcast, it's right there. Yes, pointing pointing's hard. Pointing is hard. hard. Speaking uh, of pointing, <laughs> pointing down to uh, our uh, little handy dandy uh, coupon code at manscaped.com. Don't forget, use code TMSM at checkout for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Shout out to our friends over at Manscaped for partnering with us. Sorry to cut you off, Austin. Not going to point down low again. <laughs> it's okay. I will use the code. <laughs> By your stuff. I know you got Christmas money and I know you still have it. Hey, man. It's only no, been a couple weeks. No need to hoard. Income tax is coming up sooner rather than later. There you go. Why Why wait when you can just do it now? Exactly. But speaking exactly. of doing it right now, oh. like Austin said, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram oh. at TMSM Podcast, as well as our YouTube page. If you're watching it there, you already know where we're at. And uh, keep your keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, we are on Spotify. These streams are ported audio-wise onto Spotify weekly. So if you don't like having your phone open and watching us and looking at our mugs for an hour plus, you can always just pop it in your ears and just passively listen. Because you want to know one thing? My voice isn't that annoying. <laughs> but Oh, mine is. No, Austin, you, you have a very pleasant voice. Thanks. You're welcome, Thanks. man. Um, also, every Monday night, we are on the Halftime app. It is getting various updates. The app is looking great. It's great for news, great community, audio rooms. You can even create posts on the web. You can, basically, web like, you can basically like freelance write for them and write great articles. People already do. There's great articles on there by people, great people to interact with. We are there every Monday night at 7 p.m. Football is running out. We'll be, we're going to talk about basketball tonight. Most likely, um, we'll be talking about the playoff game next week. But once football starts to trickle and start to end, we'll be talking about basketball. Who knows if we're going to talk about baseball at this point. We'll see what yeah. happens there. But it's a lot of fun. Check us out over there as well. Um, 
7 p.m. Pacific every Monday night. Halftime, halftime, man. It's uh, it's the sports forum by fans for fans, man. It's it's a very organic and just welcoming place. If you love all things sports, you can't go wrong. So that'll do it for us, I'd say. Um, yeah. A little bit of a long episode, but hey, fuck it. <laughs> I had to exercise some demons, man. We finally hit our field goals, but we couldn't hit the playoffs. But, uh, you know, as the Chargers said last night, it's about time I say it too. So for me and Austin, to all of you, <laughs> peace. <laughs>